Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Inspired Churches podcast. We're a church in Union City that loves Jesus. Our hope is that you'd be inspired to grow in God's Word as reflected in loving Christ more and more every day. So wherever you are, be a light. To find more teachings or donate to the ministry, visit us at inspiredchurches.com. Morning, Inspire family. I'm uh, so, so glad that uh, I'm uh, serving uh, you today and uh, handling the word and um, just, just to be here and to be with you guys is such, a, such an honor and, and a blessing. I'm excited to, uh, to deliver God's word for, for each one of us. So, um, yeah, uh, we're in this series uh, called Summer Gardens, and we are examining the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5, which is love, joy, Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Just nine, just nine. <clears throat> you know, Paul, Paul could have mentioned 20, uh, and there are a lot. But, but uh, he said, probably he said, you know, for inspired churches, just nine is, is okay. Nine is good, yeah. So nine is good, yeah. Okay. Um, I, I, before, before I forget, uh, those who, of you who came here for the first time, man, thank you. Thank you for gracing us um, and, and uh, being here with us. Uh, special mention to uh, a very dear friend of, of mine, uh, Boyet or Edgar. Um, he's the brother of my best friend, and he's a worship leader. And we got to talk, my brother. We got to talk. Colin, well, let's talk. Okay. <laughs> um, so we know that this fruit is, is nice and sweet, but we're not only opening the fruit of the Spirit and examining it. More importantly, we're opening our lives, uh, examining our lives uh, if this fruit is present. And if this fruit is present, is it? tasty and is it appealing to others Um, we have learned before that it's not ordinary fruit it's supernatural fruit and it's supernaturally produced by the spirit of God we cannot overemphasize how important this series is because uh, first of all it's the spirit's fruit validates the credibility of our witness it validates the credibility of our witness what does a witness do when he comes to the front and sits in the witness chair? Do you swear the truth and tell the truth and nothing but the truth, so help me God? And you say, I do, right? right. Does my life tell the truth about Jesus? Amen. Does my life attract, convince right. others to trust in Jesus? Right. Do I have what it takes, the fruit of the Spirit, to make me a credible witness for Jesus. It's critical that we should examine if there's fruit because number two, the Spirit's fruit validates the genuineness of our faith. This is really heavy. Uh, Am am I really saved or am I just deceiving myself? 
we need to be honest because the evidence of the genuineness of our faith is in the fruit. Am I bearing fruit? And I guess another good question would be, am I bearing the right fruit? If it's not the, the fruit of the Spirit, then what fruit is it? Where is it coming from? And if it was Jesus himself who said, if it's not good fruit, then it's bad fruit. And you will recognize them by their fruit. Twice, in fact, he said it in Matthew chapter 7. And then the third thing is, the fruit of the Spirit steers up conflict with the works of this flesh. Is there a battle going on within when the desires of the flesh want to gratify? Do you sense an opposition from the Spirit? Or, or we're okay with that? When we know there is sin, do we fight it? Or do we entertain it? Do we accommodate it? Do we rationalize it? And then accept it? Because we heard, and we've heard this before. uh, For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit is what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. We need to make sure, folks, that we are in the Spirit, or in, we, we are uh, bearing the fruit of the Spirit. We are in the faith. And here's the good thing. If, if you sense that desire, there's this desire in you to bear fruit, and I know that you do, because you won't be here if you... You, you don't desire to bear fruit or to bear more fruit, then you're, you're in the right space. You're in the right space. Uh, family, inspire churches. Uh, what we're doing here is this summer, we are going to bear the supernatural fruit. And we're, let, let's help one another bear, bear fruit. Yeah? Amen. Let's help one another. So uh, let's pray and let's ask the Holy Spirit to, to help us today. Our loving Father, your mercies are new every morning. You are always patient, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Thank you, Lord, for showing us what that mercy looks like. And it looks like you giving up your life so we don't lose ours in eternity. Holy Spirit, our helper and teacher, we need you. Will you please illuminate your word in our hearts and our minds? We submit ourselves to you now. We love you, and we pray this for your glory and for your name's sake, Jesus. Amen. amen. And amen. And uh, so this is the time where uh, somebody here in the pulpit would say, open your Bibles, <laughs> open your Bible apps, the lights are on. And we are going to read Galatians chapter 5. Turn to Galatians 5, please. Uh, 16 to 17. And uh, likewise, verses 19 to 23. And I'll be reading from the New International Version. God's Word reads, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. 
For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. 19. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambitions, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the, li- Whew, and the like. I, I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You know, Pastor Phil did an incredible job this series, starting this series three Sundays ago. Yeah? Amen? Love, ugh, man. Then joy, and then last Sunday, uh, peace. Uh, personally, this has been a, 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 a reflecting journey for me. Uh, so today, we're going to move to another fruit of the Spirit, gentleness. Gentleness, And I would like to entitle this Restorative Gentleness. Amen. Restorative Gentleness. Uh, by the way, this is not in order. Uh, Pastor Andy and Sister Kat and Pastor Roger will be preaching on the other fruits this, this, the, in the coming Sunday. So uh, I'm, I'm excited for that. Um, but today, gentleness. Restorative Gentleness. Um, it's not a different fruit, but another fruit of the fruit of the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, yes, it's singular. It's not fruits. Uh, picture picture uh, those grapes, those cluster of grapes. It's the same bundle of grapes, many pieces of fruit, one cluster. Same grapes. Yeah? Get it? I said this in the first service. That's my most intelligent, most comprehensive explanation of the doctrine of the fruit of the Spirit. So, no. Grapes, in other words. You, you really cannot love without being patient. You really cannot be joyful without peace. You really cannot be gentle without being kind, without being patient, without being self-controlled. They're integrated to to one another. Just like God's attributes. He is altogether all-knowing, all-powerful, all-just. He cannot be just if he only knew partial. Right? He cannot be sovereign if his power and knowledge is limited. Right. It's integrated. Right. His, his attributes is integrated. So gentleness fruit. Uh, I'm going to follow Pastor Phil's pattern as we uh, examine this, this gentleness fruit. Uh, the flow for today's message would be like this. Three points. What is gentleness? Second, where does it come from and how is it produced in my life? And then thirdly, how does it look like in real life? 
Okay? Yeah. And, it's, it's go- and then we're going to end with, with uh, gentleness in, in, in the gospel. Let's take a look at gentleness yeah. in the gospel. So, so what, is, what is gentleness? And uh, Phil categorized joy uh, into natural joy and, and uh, supernatural joy. So I'm going to do the same. We're going to categorize gentleness into natural gentleness and supernatural gentleness. So what, then what is natural gentleness? Natural gentleness is the gentleness that you and I experience or have experienced, uh, like the gentleness of a mother who gently handles her newborn baby. It's the gentleness of a tone of voice that says, I'm sorry. In contrast to, I said I'm sorry already, you know. It's the tactile gentleness of a neurosurgeon as he excises a tumor in a delicate part of, a, of the brain. It's the gentleness of a nurse uh, whose nurse's hand holding grandpa's hand while he sits in his chemotherapy seat. It's the gentleness of grandma's smile, uh, the gentle aroma of her fresh baked co- uh, cookies. And, ooh, that smells good. And uh, the gentleness, the gentle taste and calming effect of chamomile tea. You, you, you know what I'm talking about, yeah? yeah? Every person, regardless of faith, has this natural gentleness. It operates and it is experienced by your five senses. The sense of touch, the sense of sight, the sense of smell, the sense of taste, and the sense of hearing. Everybody has natural gentleness. But not everyone has supernatural gentleness, fruit of the Spirit. So, so there's natural gentleness, and there's supernatural gentleness. And that's what, what we want, supernatural gentleness. In the Bible, uh, the Greek for gentleness is Prautes, prautes, meaning meekness. And the amazing part of that word, prautes, is the root word pra, which really emphasizes, listen to this, it emphasizes the divine origin of meekness. It's not human, it's divine. Rendering it strength in meekness and or gentle strength. So supernatural gentleness expresses power with reserve and meekness. And a good example is when Jesus was arrested. You you know this story. When Jesus was arrested and one of his followers drew a sword and cut off the ear of a servant of the high priest, Jesus said, put your sword back. Do you think I cannot call on my father? And he will at once put at his disposal more than 12 legions of angels? What power? What authority? And he, he took the ear, placed it back, healed the guy. See, Jesus has the power, had the power and authority, but he held it back. He expressed his power, but with reserve and gentleness. And you see that in the life of Jesus. He, 
He had the power to heal. He had the power to raise the dead. He had the power to cast out demons. And he says, don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone. Uh, meekness, gentle strength, you know, something that he'll keep for himself at this time. If you're a parent, God has given you tremendous power and authority over your child. Right. Yeah? Right. How do you express your power and your authority with reserve and, and gentleness? Yes. Yes. I, I'm not talking about the child who is obedient, the child who is, you know, behaved, well-behaved. This is the child who is rowdy, who is noisy during service, and you're unable to concentrate, and... What do you do? Uh, how do you express power and authority with reserve and gentleness? If, if you're a manager, if you're a supervisor, how do you treat people? Yeah. And, I, and I don't mean the, the achievers. They're good to go, <laughs> right? But, but the slow learners right. <laughs> doesn't get it. Right. He doesn't get it. Right. Pastors, leaders... Our turn, small group leaders, team captains, this is challenging. Right. How do you exercise your power and authority when all your members are volunteers? Right. And you need to get things done, right. right? We need the fruit of the Spirit, don't we? Yes. We need supernatural gentleness, don't we? Yes. So that brings me to my, my second point. What does supernatural gentleness, where does supernatural gentleness come from and how is it produced in my life? Remember what we said earlier. This is supernatural fruit. You cannot create it. It is not a result of your willpower. It comes from above. It is the fruit of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit plants the seed, the fruit-bearing seed. And so for a believer, supernatural gentleness begins with God's inspiration. Meaning God breathes his gentleness into you when you believed, when you gave your life to Christ, when you entrusted your life to him. And at that point, God, the Holy Spirit, indwells you. He resides in you, bringing with him his fruit. Okay? For, so, so for a believer... Supernatural gentleness comes by faith in Christ and in Christ alone. You cannot work for it. It's by faith alone. It can only, and listen, it can only operate through faith by trusting the Holy Spirit's direction and by trusting His empowerment. He will grow fruit His way. He will uh, set the direction in his power. So if we desire the fruit of the spirit, if we desire supernatural gentleness, then guess who should be in control? It's the Holy Spirit. We should then submit to the Holy Spirit. But I get it. It's easier said than done. We want to take over the, the steering wheel and, and drive our lives, you know? Uh, I get it. It's, it's easier said than done because sometimes 
seed has been sown, but the soil is dry and rock hard. Life is like that, you see. It can be dry, seemingly meaningless. COVID lurking around, can't do so much. Gas is too high, can't go here. There's uncertainty, there's anxiety, what's, what's going to happen? And you become uneasy, you become irritable. Right. Life is dry, no motivation. Am I the only one who feels that way? Yeah. Or soil can be rock hard. You have been trampled again and again. by bad experiences in the past. Like soil becomes compacted. Frustration after frustration. Resentment after resentment. Anger after anger. Failure after failure. And the heart hardens and the conscience don't care no more. Some of you, you've had experiences like that. The heart becomes hard because there's some kind of abuse. Perhaps only one stump, but it's deep. Or several stumps. Maybe an addiction that doesn't go away. And the guilt that comes with it. And you just gave up. Resentment from a parent. Who abandons you. Or a son probably. Who breaks fellowship with you. My experience. And it's. There's hurt. There's uh, resentment. There's anger. And at the same time. You want to be gentle, right. and you want to protect his integrity. You want to, you don't want to mal- malalign his his name. Wow. And you, what do you do? Right. What wow. do you do? Probably an ugly divorce, probably a hurtful word, and you just resent it. And the mind stores it and the heart cannot forgive. But God has a way of sending gentle rain. That soil has become a little bit softer. Yeah? You are my gentle rain. You, your, your, your presence, your support, your, your smiles, the community, uh, the elders who come alongside me in my heart, my gentle rain, my wife, of course. Maybe it's a friend who comes alongside you, a material blessing, perhaps, a mom, a dad, uh, a kind word. A compliment, gentle rains. A hug, 
God always makes a way to prepare that soil. But we have a part in our garden too, you see. God has prepared the soil. He plants the seed. And our part, we cultivate. We do need to cultivate. In my life, am I cultivating that soil, that dry, that, that, that uh, hard, that dry and hard soil? Am I clearing the weeds, the sin that easily entangles? Are we watering? Are we fertilizing? In other words, are we nourishing our garden, feeding on the word? Am I communicating in prayer, asking for help, asking for instructions and following those instructions? Are we going to do our part in cultivating that soil to grow fruit? We should. And then am I trusting God for the things that are beyond my control? For God to bring that rain, that's beyond our control. But He sends it. We trust that. The bright sun that will always come the next day, yeah? Yeah. And... So am I feeding? Am I nourishing? And then am I trusting? Am I depending on the Spirit to empower, to fill, to lead, to direct? So how do we do this then? How can I partner with the Spirit in the cultivating work to produce supernatural fruit? Supernatural gentleness? How does it look like in real life? Well, let me give you two words uh, how this works in real life. How supernatural gentleness should look like in our lives. Number one, humility. Number two, restoration. Just two words. Just two words. Humility. Say that with me, please. Humility. And then restoration. Restoration. Let's take up humility. So supernatural gentleness is not being weak it's not being passive it's actually the opposite it actually requires great strength and self-control supernatural gentleness comes from a state of humility therefore someone who lacks gentleness is often prideful it's he is often easily angered or he feels the need to retaliate are you a person who likes to retaliate? Yes. Mm, maybe not in your words, not in our words, not in our actions, but in our minds. Uh, this guy is, uh, you know. In order for us to be supernaturally gentle, we must not view ourselves as better than someone else. We must not view ourselves better than someone else do you like to be first Mm. okay no one is responding so let me talk to myself let's pretend you're Danny all right let's pretend you're Danny Danny do you like to be first Mm, yeah do you do you like to be first in line yes do you like to be noticed first do you like to be served first in the restaurant yeah, when you look at a, a class picture, when you look at a, 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 you know, a group picture, who do you look at first? <laughs> yeah. 
Right, Danny? Danny, 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 you know. <clears throat> Rather than asserting superiority, someone who is gentle desires to help and lift up others, even when they have been done wrong. Here's an example. A great example is in John chapter 8 where the Pharisees brought a woman who was caught in adultery to Jesus. The Pharisees told Jesus that the law of Moses commanded them to stone such a woman to which Jesus responds, Let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. And in verse 11, after everyone left, Jesus did not condemn the woman and said to her, Go now and leave your life of sin. You see, Jesus did not sweep her sin under the rug. He did not condone her sin. He acknowledged it and in fact confirmed it to her. But notice where the Pharisees tied her up to the heavy requirement of the law. And the brutal punishment that comes with it. And truly so. It is scripture. It is Old Testament. Jesus is not arguing uh, with that. But notice the gentle power of Jesus and the gentle release. After everyone left, because all of them could not throw a stone, because nobody was without sin, she is now by herself hmm, with the only person who is without sin and who has the authority to throw as many stones as he can. But... He didn't. What he said, did not, he did not condemn the woman. No guilty verdict found. And he said, go now and leave your life of sin. The gentle release for a second shot at life. That's the kind of person you and I need, don't we? We are attracted to this fruit, aren't we? The supernatural gentleness fruit that does not condemn you, but will give you a second chance at life and is willing to come alongside you. Hmm. Supernatural gentleness comes from a state of humility. Rather than asserting superiority, someone who is gentle will desire to help and lift up others and give them another shot at life. You know, the way we think about people, about people, will dictate how we will treat them. Right. If they're not important, you are not going to treat them importantly. And that's natural. But we desire supernatural, yeah? Sometimes, or many times, we select the people we'd like to show gentleness towards. Right. And I'm speaking to myself. Uh, the way we think about people, the way we see is distorted by sin. We select the people who are like us, who like what we like, and we stay away from people who are unlikable, who, do not, who are not good, and people who are different from us. God, on the other hand, sees people as good. Believe it or not. He created creation good. 
He created people very good in his image, in fact. Uh, he sees people with great potential. That's why he entrusted man to rule over creation. We, we see people through the lens of Genesis 3. The fall, the sin, sinful, unworthy of my time, unimportant. While God sees people through the lens of Genesis 1. Good, created in his image, worthy of attention to a point of giving his life on the cross. Man, we should start looking at people through the lens of Genesis 1. Just, just goes to show how, how high God is and how low we are. How high God's view of people is. How low we view people. How important people are to God. And just sometimes for us. We have been a selective people, not a chosen people. Paul had that issue with the Galatians, you know. Uh, who's going to be included in Christ? Jew or Gentile? Those who obey the law or those who just want to do anything they wish? Circumcision or uncircumcision? Paul says, no, 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 no. no. Don't, don't pervert the gospel. Don't be deceived. Don't give into this wrong teaching that you must do this first. You must do that first. Join this religion first. Join that first in order for you to be included in Christ. No. In a multicultural, multi-personality church such as ours and society such as ours, how will inclusion to Christ look like when you and I relate to people? Gentleness will play a huge role here, just like, just like uh, the rest of the fruit. In a world where Differences are a definite cause of unavoidable tension. Right. Gentleness should prevail. Amen. And it has to be supernatural. And it's because of the Holy Spirit, not yeah. by, all, by our power. Amen. We have, just here at church, we have differences in, in our choice of, of music. Right. Some like it fast, some like it slow. Some want to jump. Some want to just sit down. It, the differences. Differences in the way we want things done. Say, say in serving. Yeah? Uh, how about this? Differences in political figures. Differences in political issues. Differences in personal views. Can I be candid for, for a moment? And I'll try to be as gentle as, as possible. I promise I, I really get concerned when I see Christians posting on social media. Yeah. Trust me, this comes from a place in my heart that is concerned about your person, that's concerned about your integrity, that's concerned about your testimony, that's concerned about your influence for Christ and for His kingdom, and for His kingdom that we are supposed to be pushing forward. And I'm not talking about the nice pictures uh, in your posts. I'm talking about those posts that criticize. Right. 
Many times they're not constructive criticism, and, and we know who we are. Uh, they are destructive, they are sarcastic, and they make humor at the expense of others. Every human being, every human being, we should treat with dignity. Inside the womb, outside the womb. The whole life. Everyone. Of this party, of that party, no matter how many times they fail, no many no, many, no matter how many times they make mistakes, we should treat them with dignity because that is how Jesus treated you and me. Folks, I'm not saying don't speak up. I'm not saying that. But there is a proper manner, there is an appropriate venue to say your piece. How many have we how many have been hurt already by our posts? We not only tear down the person, we tear down their families, we tear down their followers, we tear down their friends who are also your friends, and then you find out, why is Jack becoming more aloof to me? Why is Sister Mary distancing herself from me to your post? Uh, and then the opportunity for a relationship is gone. The opportunity for restoration and to be a minister of reconciliation is gone. Okay, I said enough. That's enough. Uh, can, can we be gentle, guys? Can we be gentle in our posts on social media? Can we be a credible witness to Jesus? Can we be attractive Fruit to others. Danny? Yeah, yeah. How does supernatural gentleness look like in, in real life? It looks like a person who is humble. Let me share with you another verse and we'll move forward. And you know this. Come to me, all you, ha- you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know, people are prone to think that Jesus, being holy, he is therefore strict and he is irritated at sinners. When I sin, he is irritated and He can't stand it and he can't stand you. What if Jesus himself says, nope, that's not who I am. That is not my heart. I am gentle and humble in heart. His own words, folks. This is the real me, he's saying. I am gentle and humble in heart to the very core of my being. Family, Jesus' gentleness is not one way. He occasionally acts towards you and me. No. Gentleness is who he is. It is his heart. It is his being. 
It's what excites him. Pastor Dane Ortland says in his book, uh, Gentle and uh, Lowly, it's what gets him out of bed every morning. He just cannot ungentle himself towards you. It's impossible. I hope that that becomes a norm in our thinking about, about Jesus. Yes, life is tough. We're going to get frustrated. We're going to get tired. We're going to fall. We're going to sin. It's going to be heavy. But Jesus gently says, come to me. Amen. All who are weary and burdened. And I, yes. I, who is gentle and lowly, gentle and humble, will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. You've been carrying this burden by yourself. Let's try it together. Learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. You'll find out it's easier. It's going to be easier because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know that word easy? Uh, it's the same word in Greek translated to mean kind. Hmm. It's fascinating. Easy means kind. In other words, my yoke is kind. Paul used that same word in Ephesians 4.32. He says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ forgave you. Be kind. Ease up a little. You have the power to do whatever you want with this person, but ease up a little. Be kind. Take it easy with this guy. Be compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. How should supernatural gentleness look like in our lives? Two words, as we mentioned. First one is humility. It looks like a person who is humble rather than asserting super superiority. Someone who is gentle will desire, desire to help and to lift up others and give them another shot at life. The second one is restoration. Restoration. Gentleness looks like a person who is restorative. How does a restorative person look like? Can he be peace-loving? Yes. Can he avoid arguments? Yes. Can he be a person who is non-confrontational? Yes. He apologizes quickly. Yes. Some of you already know, know me, my, my character. I, I love people. I like talking with people. I like to mingle with people. I like encouraging people, coming alongside them when they have, their, when they have problems, going out of my way to help as much as I can. I'm a people pleaser. I'm a people pleaser. I get that. One of my subtle battles with my flesh is this. Am I pleasing people to win them over to Christ, really? Or am I really winning them to me? Some of you, and I'm not really proud of this, 
just let me tell you my, my story. Uh, before I came to the Lord, I was, I was an atheist, believe it or not. An atheist. Now I'm standing here. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. You know. I, only God. <laughs> Miracles happen, folks. Miracles happen. I, I, I was not only an atheist. I was a bad vocal atheist. I used to mock Jesus Christ and make fun of this this, this burn-again Christians, you know. And, and Ophel can, can testify, you know. God used the gentleness of a friend to share the gospel with me, and I gave my life to Jesus. Amen. And I said, Lord, I want to win as many people to you as I can. Uh, Danny, listen to this. Uh, when you say something like that, you, you got to be ready. Because that's what you'll get, people. You'll get people. And, and it's a mess. And what a mess. You'll find yourself in the midst of messy people. Danny? Yeah. Uh, like us, Danny. Messy people. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. How does gentleness look like? Supernatural gentleness looks restorative in your life. Uh, here's what I believe is the application of Galatians 5 when he talked about the Spirit. Uh, the fruit of the Spirit. It's when he started uh, chapter 6. And it goes like this. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourself, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burden, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Let us not be weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. I think the best and perhaps the hardest way to apply gentleness is towards those who are caught in sin. Those who are caught in sin. Because you have to watch yourself. Lest you be tempted. Tempted to what? Tempted to win them to you. And not to Christ. Let me ask you something. Do you have a friend? I, I know you do. Uh, are you just friends? Do you have a co-worker a, a, a classmate, uh, are they just co-workers? Are they just classmates? Do you have children? Do you have grandchildren? Do you have parents, spouses? Do you have neighbors? Are they just people to you? Or are they 
the people God wants you to win them to Jesus. There is the temptation. But then I don't know how, uh, you know, well, what about just being gentle? What about starting to be just being gentle and then keep on doing that and then carry each other's burden and not becoming weary of in doing good? Don't give up and at the proper time we will reap a harvest. That's how supernatural gentleness looks like. It looks like a person desiring, desiring restoration for others. And uh, I think we're about to close. <laughs> let's, let's close in the gospel. I realize we have been talking about others, helping others, giving to others, doing good to others. And you have been in that giving end Parents, single moms, dads, breadwinners in the family, servant, servants, leaders. You have been carrying loads, people's loads, and you wished you could use some restoration, some relief, and to be in the receiving end and instead of the giving end. This message is for, for us too. We all get weary. We all feel we want to give up at some point. Yeah? Can, can I refresh you one more time with Jesus' words? Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take that yoke of mine upon you and learn from me. And I, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest in your souls. Maybe you're not bearing fruit or, or fruit has fallen or you, you don't feel like you want to be patient or you want to be gentle. There are those moments in the morning, after work. You just don't want to be gentle. You, you want to probably, but the branch is just so dry. And so perhaps you need gentleness from someone. Well, you do have that someone and you can find and receive His supernatural gentleness on the cross. That's a weird place to, to get gentleness on the cross. One of the gentlest words Jesus said when he was hung on the cross after being falsely accused, after being betrayed, after being denied by his friends, he said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at Jesus. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal said, We are justly punished, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man, 
he has done nothing wrong. Then that criminal said, Jesus, will you remember me when you come to paradise? And Jesus answered, truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Let me help you realize what Jesus is requiring here. Nothing. Nothing. He's not requiring you to look at your doctrine of salvation. Let, let's see your doctrine of salvation. Let's, let's see that. He's not looking at your education. Nothing. This supernatural gentleness requires tremendous strength and self-control. It comes from a heart of humility and it's always, it always desires to restore. He requires nothing, folks. Not your goodness, not your good works. See, Christ Jesus had the divine power and authority to retaliate. All that he's got, he can do it. The sinless. The holy God who had the right to cast as many stones as he can towards us and take your life and take our lives in mind. But with reserve, with restraint, with loving self-control, instead he laid his life, not yours, that yours and mine may be spared. Have you come to that point in your life when you honestly told yourself, I will get what I deserve and I cannot hide from God. I will be justly punished for what my deeds deserve. Have you ever come to a point in that in your life? But this man, have you ever told Jesus, but you, Jesus, you have done nothing wrong. All he wanted was to love you to the point of giving his life for you. What is holding you back, folks? Are you still thinking that you have to be good enough? Do you think you need to do more? Do you think you need to be a good person some more? Do you think you you need to do more good deeds to stop this and to stop that? He requires nothing except to acknowledge that we have sinned against him and thus repent. Hear his gentleness in his heart saying, Father, forgive them. And ask the Lord, Lord, will you remember me when you come into your kingdom? Have that honest conversation with Jesus. Can I, can I pray for you? Father God, 
thank you for being patient, for being gentle, for being kind to us. And we take this for granted. Forgive us when we do. I pray for all who are listening, myself included, that your kindness will bring us to repentance and turn away from sin. We heard your word today. Please bury that seed in our hearts. Holy Spirit, God, do the miracle of sprouting good roots and good branches that bear good fruit in our lives. May you find us faithful to cultivate our hearts, to be diligent with our, our rhythms of reading your word and obeying it. May you find us faithful to attract people with this fruit of gentleness. And we ask, please, reveal to us ways we can show gentleness to others. And now we rest in your unfailing love. For Jesus, who loves us, we pray. Amen and amen. I love you all.